and I was verbally attacked by another parent. When he went into primary school, he was illegally excluded after about three days of being there. That was in reception. As a, as a parent, that absolutely breaks your heart. Um, you know, and I, I was just constantly in tears. He would go into class with all his friends and then be taken straight back out again. He would work all day in isolation. Like, it got to the point where I just said, I've had enough. We can see what doesn't exist and choose to rise above what is. Mum to millionaire.com. So today we've got Natalie. She's a mum of two from Leeds. And again, we've got another story about an amazing woman who is fighting the system. So Natalie, I can't believe all the women I'm talking to, we are going through or you've gone through the same things, but we're in completely different parts of the UK. Do you, I know it's hard because so much stuff has happened, but do you want to summarise in like a sentence what happened, or maybe a paragraph, <laughs> what happened to your son? Um, so my little boy has had, um, he's had SEN, um, special educational needs from um, the moment he started nursery really. Um, when he went into primary school, he was illegally excluded after about three days of being there. That was in reception. Um, so he was like four years old at the time. Um, and it just continued like that um, for, you know, right up until he went into year three. Um, I moved areas and um, started to get a few other people involved and um, the school basically said that they couldn't look after him anymore um, they told me that on numerous occasions um, people were sort of going in to try and help them and give them support but they still weren't able to meet his needs and what were the, this is this seems like it's a reoccurring theme that a school says they can't meet needs but what what exactly couldn't they meet? And how do you as a parent, like, do you feel they were trying or were they just, just doing the bare minimum? Um, if I'm honest, I think they, they really disliked him um, because we were sort of fighting his corner. They disliked us. Um, they, didn't, they didn't like the fact that Cole didn't fit into a box. Uh, they wanted him to just be like all the other children and do as he was told. And um, they didn't want to have to go out of their way to be able to. Um, I mean, the thing with children like that is you can't, there's no set way of working. You have to find what works for them as opposed to, you know, them doing what works for you. Does that make sense? It's like everything they did was wrong. They would, I would take him to school in the morning um, and he would go into class with all his friends and then be taken straight back out again. He would work all day in isolation. 
Um, he was only in primary school. Yeah, he'd have lunch on his own without, you know, towards the end, he wasn't interacting with any of the other children at all. They used to say, they used to tell lies. They were very manipulative. They used to say that he was putting other children at risk. Um, I just, they, there was at least one occasion where um, I went into school and they'd they'd taken all the furniture out of the assistant head teacher's office and Cole was in there on his own and they had the door, they were holding the handle shut whilst Cole was in. They would like because they couldn't work with him properly and they couldn't um, see what his triggers were. Um, You know, he would be very triggered a lot of the time and that would obviously cause him to be upset. um, And he would express his, his himself in, um, I don't really know how to, ex- he would be angry and cross, you know, there was, for the first few years, he couldn't even really communicate verbally very well, and um, he didn't really speak properly until he was probably about maybe six, um, so the first year or two was incredibly difficult because he wasn't able to tell me what was going on, I just um, all I had was what you know what the teachers were telling me um oh god do you know what it's making me emotional because I'm like I can't imagine that happening to a primary school child oh, it's what what do you feel could have helped your son because we all know this that are part of this if you're fighting to get an EHCP or our, our kids are quote-unquote different or have additional needs this behavior stems from the unmet need in the first place so it's hard yeah. for a child to even oh god I wish people could read my son's EHCP because it's like your son needs to communicate but he doesn't know how to communicate that sometimes in the moment so I mean if a teacher is listening to this like how can they deal with the unmet needs of the children if for example in both of our cases then the kids not getting the support in the first place what can the teachers try and do to kind of help um I think there was there was definitely a lack of training um where special educational needs were involved they would they were very much against us as parents all they were concerned about was getting Cole out of their school. Um, they they were very old school and very set in their ways. Um, they would expect to be able to shout at a child and for that child to listen. Um, and it was about, I don't know, they were just they were so unable to think outside that box, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't care for Cole in any way, they weren't concerned about meeting his needs, um, they, 
I don't know. I think I think you hit on it. That is the lack of training. And then it comes down to the government because they need to be training teachers. And I don't think there's uh, one of my cousins as a teacher. And I asked her, do you get trained in this? And she said, no, (laughs) there is no there needs to be, I feel, a full three or four months where they're being trained in, because more and more kids are being, again, quote unquote, different. The educational system is not fit for purpose anymore. Mm. It might have been 50 years ago, um, but it's not now. And unfortunately, more things are going to happen. More parents are going to go through what we've been through if they don't change the system. Because also, I mean, we said this as well, they are going to get more and more children that are like Curl and they they can't just not deal with every child that they come into contact with or they, they can't just put the pressure on the parent to find that child a different school. I mean, if in contrast, because Curl is at, is at another mainstream school now, um, but the the attitudes in general between the two schools are absolutely worlds apart. You know, they the school that he's at now, they have never ever excluded an SEN child, and it's not something that they would ever do. It's a school that's in a really, really bad area. And they get a lot of children in their school with additional needs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a special school. Uh, it is, you know, a, a mainstream school, but they do have a specialist provision at the school. And the head teacher actually has her own child there who has um, autism. Um, he actually, he's unable to sort of communicate um, it, it just really couldn't be any more different. Wow. What out? Okay, so let's vote. We're going to talk about your story more because, of, again, I think it helps people to realize they're not alone. But before we talk about that, I really want to touch on what you said about how the schools are so different. Because if other schools can learn from your son's current school, again, I think that will solve a lot of the issues. So, what do you know the kinds of things they do to help? The students there it, their attitudes are just completely different they have they genuinely genuinely care about the children and they um, put their best interests first rather yeah, than their, i'm guessing absolutely <laughs> um they it's so hard to describe um they it's not even particularly about training it's just it's just the the attitude of all the teachers in the school. I remember when we first went to the Crowned, um, and like I say, it's a school that's in quite a bad area. Um, it's not, you know, the best school by any means at all. Um, it was probably in need of a little bit of TLC as well at the time. But I just got such a nice feeling about the school. You know, everyone says hello to you and makes you feel welcome. Um, you know, the, the staff are also friendly. Um, by contrast, actually, when Cole was due to start the previous school, I actually reached out to the Senko there beforehand and I said, 
you know, I'd really like to try and organize a meeting with her because I'd like to just explain a little bit about my son and the problems that we've had to just try and make it a little bit easier. And she refused. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then when he started school, they were very much like, we had no idea, you know, what Cole was like. We didn't know oh my god I bet you were so frustrated going but if you had the meeting with me you would again I feel it's like there's so many simple solutions to this that doesn't cost money it's like communicate with the parent it's it's what you said and I think you explained it so beautifully Natalie it is the attitude it's being empathetic to the child it's having their best interests at heart it's being loving caring really basic yeah and again I feel with the situation that my son is in if he just had those supportive people around him that were showing him I think I even said in one of my thousands of emails and letters to the school he just needs love that is literally it he just needs to be felt that people understand what he's going through it would have made such a difference and maybe I wouldn't have been in this position (laughs) that we're currently in because you you also have to remember that children pick up on these attitudes you know Cole might not have been able to speak very well when he first started but he he very much understood the vibes of the teachers do you know what I mean and and also it's that is really actually if I can say the word traumatic to be in a room where they've essentially locked you in there and they've got there to see an adult do that. And I'm going to keep mentioning this that every time I speak to another parent, if the tables were turned and if we did this kind of stuff to our children, what the school and council do, we would have been reported to social services. <laughs> we would have got fines. Who knows? Maybe we would have even been in jail. So why is it different for the council and the school do you have an answer why why is it different I really really don't I don't I just know that what is going on is absolutely it's it's terrible it really is terrible that what they're putting these children through I mean I was very concerned that um about this sort of long-term effect on Carl um he was he was restrained on a daily basis and I don't mean just once or twice sometimes he would spend all day being restrained by the teachers physically restrained um I would I would take him to school and he would sometimes he'd attack me um I'd have to physically pick him up and drag him into school that as a as a parent that absolutely breaks your heart um you know and I I was just constantly in tears just all the time the other thing was as well that affected us quite badly it was the attitude of the other parents oh Um, god yeah let's let's talk about this this is a big not only do us as parents have to deal with our children's behavior and I've been in that situation before with my my son has been violent in the past because again it's their outlet they they're getting frustrated at school they don't know what what else you know how to express what they're feeling inside so not only are we having to deal with 
our, our children. Not only are we having to deal with the paperwork of school and the council trying to get support, we then have to deal with the judgment of other parents. So tell me about your experience with that. Um, it was horrendous, um, but it was it was sort of connected to the attitude of school. Um, school just treated Cole like he was a naughty boy um, and that he chose his behaviours as opposed to being triggered because his needs weren't being met. Um, the parents would make complaints regularly. Um, they would say that, you know, Cole was a bully. They didn't want him in class with their children anymore. Um, I would overhear kids saying, oh, look, that's Cole, he's such a naughty boy. But this, this was all stuff that was coming from the parents. Because actually, kids are very, very forgiving and understanding and resilient. Um, it was very much the attitude of the parents and the teachers that was the problem. I had one occasion where I went to collect Cole from school and I had my little girl with me at the time. This is going back a few years now. And I was verbally attacked by another parent because school had phoned her up and told her that Cole had broken her daughter's glasses on purpose, um, which wasn't true. I mean, nobody was there at the time. Um, there was nobody there to witness what had actually happened. And when I spoke to Cole, he said that he wanted to play with this girl and her glasses fell off and broke. Um, and, but the fact that school had contacted this parent and said that to her, I was absolutely flabbergasted. Mm. Um, so she had a real, you know, a real go at me in front of all the other children, all the parents at school. The teachers were fully aware of what was going on and the fact that she was gonna um, confront me like that as well. Um, my daughter was crying. She was so upset. She was worried that we were going to get into trouble. Um, when I went into school, you know, they they denied that um, anything had happened. They said that they'd not phoned her up and told her that. Um, I actually found out that this this lady was assistant head teacher at another primary school. Wow. <laughs> Or, yeah. Yeah, do you know what and, and again it's it's e even if that happened it's like number one it needs to be explained to the other parent why that was the case what additional needs your son because your son didn't do it on purpose what additional needs she he has and not only that yeah. you go and confront another parent in front of children and other parents that's not the way as adults to deal with things it was just awful. Um, I felt embarrassed. I felt un uncomfortable. The, the, the teachers would call me in to the classroom all the time, every single day. Can you come in? We want a word. Um, and do you ever feel, in, in my case, when that happens, I feel they're telling me off at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, you can't 
actually that's my next question how did you cope and how did all of this even from that one incident with a parent kind of saying stuff to your face how does it actually make you feel as well um it makes you feel I mean I was totally unprepared for that um I, I like to think I mean it's only because of the experiences that I've had but I I like to think I'm quite a strong person, but there were definitely times when I were very, very vulnerable. Um, I would be crying at school all the time. I mean, I tried not to let the teachers see me crying because I didn't want them to see me as being weak or whatever. Um, it was, it was very, very hard. Um, I mean, what was also difficult is that they would be telling me things and I'd be like, well, but what caused that to happen? What was the trigger? And sometimes, because they all they would tell me was what Cole was doing in like he'd hurt a staff member, he'd thrown something, he'd he'd scratched or whatever it was that he'd done. It was like their attitude was like, your son has done this, you know, and I'd be like, but what caused it? What was the trigger? And of sometimes, course, yeah. and all was, as we know, a lot of these kids, they're not randomly going up to someone and hurting them. Something has happened to get to that point. So it's everyone's job to think, okay, what? Like you said, the word trick. What was the trigger for this? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Or how was even? Sometimes with these children as well, things can be done in a certain way that me and you can cope with as adults, but they can't as kids. And again, there's really yeah. simple solutions to a lot of this, to stop this even escalating, isn't there, to the point of you getting called in in the first place. 100%. But this was this happened on a daily basis. I'd get phone calls as well. And it was like, it got to the point where I just said, I've had enough. I I'm not going to listen to you anymore when you when I come to collect Cole from school I'm going to collect him from school and I'm going to go home because what is happening in school is it's not my responsibility it's got nothing at all to do with me I don't know what's going on at school to make him behave that way but that is something that you're going to have to get support for whilst he's at school you can't keep making me feel bad and telling me off for the things that he's doing in school so it I had to be very conscious of the things that I didn't said as well because I knew that it, they would try and portray that in a certain way um so I just started saying no I'm not gonna come into school today um, and he, even to do that, I, I really feel that has you have to have strength because I went through exactly the same phone calls every day and it got to the point where I would look at my phone and I just stop. I just don't answer it now. Well, obviously now my son's not even in school. So at the current point of when we're recording this, but I stopped because I thought, what am I doing? I can't. I'm managing him at home as best as I can. I'm fighting you guys because you're not helping me. I'm fighting the council. How do I have time to answer these phone calls? And then some, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but sometimes I actually had to go in to school. So I'd have to go away from my work, 
go and see him at school, talk to him and then come home. And I'm like, could everyone's um, educated there? They're all teachers, senior leadership. Can they not deal with this? <laughs> like what's, what's going on? Well, it's, it's funny you should say that because I found that the head teacher of that school was very, very weak. And she would often say that she had she'd spoken to the staff members and the staff members had decided that it would be best to exclude Cole from school when that totally has to be her decision. Mm -hmm. And then when we moved into the Leeds Authority, um, a chap called um, Patrick Kelly got involved and he was like, he oversees all the SEM provision in Leeds schools. Um, and he went in uh, to, to have a meeting with school to find out exactly what was going on. And he told me that the head teacher was absolutely hysterical, like crying hysterically in the meeting with him. Um, and I just thought, wow, you know, I just, it was just, I couldn't believe it. Um, I was just shocked. I just thought, and she she's the head teacher of the school, you know. Got to um, take responsibility. And you're right, it always comes down. Any exclusion, that is the head teacher's decision. And yeah. I mean, if any teachers are going to, <laughs> to listen to this, I actually want to say my son had really great TAs. There were some brilliant teachers that I could see that wanted the best, but because they didn't have the power to do certain things. they I, I feel like even there's some teachers that want to speak up, but they can't. And I remember one teacher in one of the last meetings I had at my son's school, she kind of stood up in front of everyone and she said, um, my son, he always tells the truth. And even that one line she said, I thought that took her courage to say that she's really going against what the head teacher is saying. Um, yeah. But again, I think so much of what we're talking about, Natalie, it is, it is about having, and we mentioned it before, is they have to have empathy, be mm -hmm. loving. It's communicate with the parents. Like we are under so much stress already. And again, I don't think people realize that. I try to explain to the teachers who have got children, imagine if this was you. Imagine if this, but that doesn't even seem to work. So I'm like, well, what else? <laughs> what else are we you know it's it's funny you should say that because on the I think it was about the very last occasion that Cole was excluded from school he was actually he'd already started his transition into the new school and I just thought so I was taken into school unexpectedly into the head teacher's office no I didn't know what was going on I didn't know why they were taking me in there um, and the assistant head teacher who's also the Senko and the head teacher was there I was all by myself and they said that they were excluding Cole yet again and I said but you've already been told that you're not allowed to um, anyway I I made it clear that I wasn't very happy with the situation. I said, you shouldn't be bringing me in here either um, like this when I don't have anybody else with me. 
Oh um, God, don't get me started on that. This is another a loop. I call this a loophole because they get how many meetings have I had by myself with nobody, no one. And you're right. They do some of these meetings, they spring on you and they labeled it. Um, I've had meetings where they've labeled us informal but then actually they are still a formal meet and then they use that information in whichever way they want. And I think this is a good tip for parents listening. Please, please always have someone with you, even if it's a friend, because you need to be making notes. And I know this is another full-time job, isn't it, Natalie? But you've yeah. got to have detailed notes. I mean, again, these last few months, I've been so drained and emotional. I don't even have the strength sometimes to write stuff down, but it's so important, isn't it, for us to make our own notes of what's gone on. Definitely. Um, you, and make a, as much of a paper trail as you can. Um, try not to speak to the teachers on the phone. Try to, you know, email with them wherever possible you know and then at least you've got some something to back you up and that's um, a, a, another I, i'm sure this has happened to you another they will say a lot of stuff verbally that's not documented so what i've tried to do more recently is if i do have that conversation on the phone i always follow up with an email and just put yeah. bullet points we talked about da, 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 da. it takes us five minutes to do but then we know as parents okay that's now been documented god forbid if anything does happen yeah um so yes in this meeting i actually said to the head teacher i said what would you do if this was your child and she actually said to me i wouldn't be in this position in the first place and i said what exactly do you mean by that are you trying to say that you wouldn't have a child like curl and then the assistant head teacher butted in and said to her don't answer that Mrs Martin you don't have to answer that and <laughs> I was just I was just absolutely flabbergasted you know she she sat and crossed her legs and totally spoke down to me and said I wouldn't be in this position in the first place oh I don't even know I would have um I feel like crying now in all honesty like I would have crumbled because at the end of the day nobody knows what's going to happen to your child nobody knows there and touch word this she never is in that position but her child might may have mental health issues uh when she gets or he or whatever her children are when they get older and is that gonna be her fault then you know it's oh I don't even know what to say to you I don't know what to say and I thought to myself you know I I really mulled that over for a long time and I thought what you know what is she trying to say by that does she mean that she would never have a child that you know was faced with being excluded from school she would I just honestly I just couldn't fathom but that just that for me just said it all because I thought you you have no sympathy for me you've got no empathy at all towards Carl who's you know he was just a baby he was seven years old at the time and they were they chose to exclude him when he was transitioning into a new school I mean who even does that it's I couldn't 
even just the, the pure fact that they're knowingly excluding a child that has special educational needs I really just don't know how those people sleep at night genuinely I really don't um I, I think to put a child through that and a, a family through that you know and their their profession is their teachers you know they're supposed to they're supposed to care about people and they're supposed to want to support people and look after people and surely that's in their nature to be all maternal and do you know I just yeah. I could not understand I do you know what as I'm here I'm, you're making me tear up now because I'm like I just don't oh I, I just don't even know what to say to you but it's this is the thing there's so many questions and everything gets unanswered <laughs> you will pose a question to them and it's like they will say something silly like they said to you or they just don't I've noticed the technique with my son's old school is if I ask a question they are silent they will look at me and say nothing and I'm just like okay nothing is progressing here um we need and I mean I think this was this was the best one when I asked the council recently um who is responsible for my son's EHCP provision and who is responsible for his education and they said I can't answer your questions (laughs) basic simple things exactly but it's like no and this is where the frustration doesn't it come in as a parent because you go to the school they blame someone else you go to the council they blame someone else you go to the MP I don't know what my MP is doing at the moment he's just sitting on this god knows what but it's like we are going round in circles and there's parents like us out we've just had enough haven't we we just want what actually tell me what happened in your case then because I think you mentioned to me before was your son then out of school or did you manage to tell me that situation with that well he'd um there was a couple of occasions actually when I chose to keep him off school um there was um I was really in a dilemma for a long time um I looked at myself and my husband actually we looked at several other schools um we looked at special schools um there was, there was a time when I did actually think that he'd have to go to a special school, but deep down I used to think, well, I should, Cole should be able to go to whatever school he wants to go to and they should be able to, you know, meet whatever needs he has in whatever way they need to do that. Um, the school that he was at previously um, had managed to get funding you know for the for the support worker that he needed um because he needed one-to-one all the time Mm. um so they were still getting obviously paid for that I remember I don't want to forget about this but there was one occasion that they excluded Cole from school when Ofsted came in yeah and in the very early days they used to try and exclude him from parties and uh, there was a school trip as well that a few days before this school trip the head teacher said to me um we've done a risk assessment and I don't think Cole's going to be able to go on the trip and I 
kicked up a really big fuss about it. And if I remember rightly, he was excluded from school for something which tied in with the school trip. This just, this feels very unlawful. Yeah. It doesn't even feel, it is. You can't exclude a child because Ofsted are coming in. That is plain and simple. Sometimes you, even with some of my son's past exclusions, sometimes as a parent, I I think, okay, do you know what? Maybe, (laughs) maybe. But actually when you do, I I know if a lawyer was to look at what's happened, they'd be like, no, because that's an unmet need. He behaved in this way because of, and it will always come down to the unmet need. He hasn't got the right support. And they are getting paid. We, I think so many of us forget, well, especially me, I forget they're getting extra money for my yeah. son. So it's not like I'm saying, oh, can you, you know, build him a, a mansion and do this? It's really basic stuff that yeah. needs to get done. And it's, again, the question of who is accountable. And we know it's the school and council that are accountable, but why is nothing done to hold them accountable? It's baffling to me really is you know I I would love to speak to a teacher (laughs) and if they want to do it anonymously but why this happens in school because it feels like whoever I talk to it feels like schools just want to get rid of the quote-unquote badly behaved children so they can have amazing Ofsted great grades but this is the thing it's like you you know my, my son's was obviously understandably really angry he's not going to go back to his current school and I said you know what stuff them it's their loss because they've lost a very academically bright student so you know if they don't want the high grades (laughs) they won't get them and it's um if you could summarize what has happened to your son like in bullet point form like how many times was he restrained how many times was he was he excluded how many times were you called into school how many times natalie has this happened i'm i genuinely i would i would think that he has been physically restrained hundreds of times i'm not even joking um and he was excluded a total of six times, twice were illegal. Um, and in terms of being caught, I mean, I were pulled into school every single day. And it was embarrassing because, yeah. you know, the other parents saw that as well. Um, it would, they just, and I think it went when the support did come into place that was because of me you know but they they took the credit for that it was because we moved house and I started making some phone calls and seeing you know I mean the things that I would do the emails that I would write the people that I would call it took up so much time I used to go to they used to have a drop-in session once a month at 
um, Leeds City Hall that I used to, I used to get the bus. I do drive, but I don't like to drive into Leeds City Centre. So I used to get the bus once a month and I used to sit and cry because um, there used to be various different people there, like from CAMS and Sendias and all the different, you know, support networks. And I'd just move from place to place to place, crying. Um, stars as well were always there you know, as telling them that we were at crisis point, that I needed some help for my son. It was just, it was just horrible. In terms of Kirk Lee's, um, there was, there was absolutely nothing, but they didn't have the gumption to even make any attempt to try and get anything in place. I think for a long time, they just, they took the view that there was absolutely nothing wrong with him and that like I say, he was a naughty boy and he was choosing to behave the way he did, um, that we were to blame. It was our poor parenting. And then when he'd, he was still transitioning from Birkenshaw to Blackgates, um, and I remember we had one meeting, um, we were all there and Cole had just had his diagnosis. Um, we knew that he had autism. There was absolutely no doubt in our minds, but we felt like we were pushed into getting that because it was like, uh, I don't really know how to describe it. It was like, we had to get that proof that, that there in writing, do you know what I mean? To, um, to have, our own justification really you know I find that so sad in a way because it's like I was the same it's like your child behaves in a certain way and you're like thinking okay what's what's going on here has he got ADHD is it autism is it something else and you're right once you get a diagnosis it's like oh now I can it's like all it is it's like you can now explain to people oh yeah it's kind of like um yeah, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just, it, it's like there's a justification then as a parent, yeah. Like, oh yeah, this is, because it's like a, I, I don't know how to explain that properly, but it just feels, does that make sense what I'm saying? It just it makes, yeah. Totally makes sense. We, we got to the point where we just had to have that. Um, we'd actually managed to get them to bring the assessment forward for us a little bit because it, you know, the, it, we were fully at crisis point um and we we just needed that um and i I'd, I'd already told his new school that he'd had the diagnosis but i said to them i'm not sure i'm not sure that i want to tell birkenshaw i'm not sure that i'm really ready i didn't really know how i felt at that stage anyway it was actually brought up in the meeting by the senko she said um I understand you've been for some assessments with CAMS, how's that going? And I said, um, well, he got his diagnosis yesterday, he's got autism, and neither of them said anything at all. They just both hung their heads down. Um, the head teacher wrote something in a notepad that she had, and I just, I just looked over at them and I just thought, I mean, I kind of wish, um, I don't know, maybe I, I wish that I'd have said something more, but did I need to? I don't know if I did. Um, 
but I think just the fact that they were both completely silent was really really telling for me yeah Um, I think that's that's enough of what you uh, I mean at the end of the day no one can replace that time and energy and probably money you've spent as well but as your son gets older he will be like, oh my God, I've got amazing parents. Like they kept going, they kept fighting for me. So you should be so proud of yourself that you did keep going. Natalie, I could talk to you all day. We've got, I think we've only like, it's so hard, isn't it? Our stories last for years and years of going through. So it's hard to condense, but thank you so much for being brave and talking to me and sharing your story. And I just hope this gives other people strength to fight and make them realize they're not alone like so many of us out there isn't there and um we've just got to keep going yeah more people than there should be to be honest oh yeah we don't want this to happen to anyone else but unfortunately um I hate even saying this but unfortunately it's gonna keep happening isn't it it's going to keep happening until something gets changed but thank you so much you've got your beautiful boy there as well mummy duties for the people my son bless him he's waiting he's like what are you doing for all this time (laughs) thank you so 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 much we can see what doesn't exist and choose to rise above what is mum to millionaire.com 